Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Passion and Purpose podcast today. We're excited to be with you. And Jimmy, just as we were preparing, the Holy Spirit yeah. put a story from your past uh, on your heart to share with our community today. And it connects to some that God's been doing in our local church here at Antioch Waco around attachment. And so I'd love for you to share that story with our community and how it connects to God attaching himself to us. Yeah. You know, what I know about everybody listening, because I know that about uh, myself, is that everybody wants to know that they're loved, known, and that um, somebody's with them, right? Never going to leave them or forsake them. This is what God says about himself. And when I talk about my own salvation experience as a 17-year-old, I describe it as for the after I prayed a simple prayer of faith and trust in Jesus for my sins, the Holy Spirit came and I realized for the first time in my life I wasn't alone. And for, you know, several reasons, our own broken family and different things, there was a lot of detachment in my childhood that God, you know, lovingly was wanting to heal and restore. So that was my my first memory of attaching to God wasn't just an intellectual faith. It was very um, deep emotional clarity. Hey, I am now with you, not just forgiving you, not just um, a new way of life for you, not just some help in time, but I'm with you. And um, And so as we were, again, preparing, as you said, I just was reminded of something that happened that I just want to go in depth, be vulnerable with the audience. And, and uh, because I think the Holy Spirit wants to do something unique today through this podcast and my own story. So fast forward, I came to the Lord at 17 into my junior year. That summer, I met a gal at this student council camp. She went to the private school across town in, uh, in the city I grew up in. And, um, and we began to date. So we dated throughout the fall, and then it's February of our senior year, and we actually, I'm just getting out of the shower and getting dressed to, because we're going to, I'm going to pick her up, we're going to go to a Valentine's dance of all things, right? So it's February 10th, a couple days after my 18th birthday, and the phone rings, and those were the days that actually phones were attached to the wall, that kind of thing, and uh, so I pick up the phone, and I hear her screaming on the other side, Jimmy, Jimmy, you have to come. My dad just shot himself. My dad just shot himself. You have to come. I still can feel the intensity of that. And I just instinctively knew, I said, I'm coming. I dropped the phone. I literally run out of my house, jump in my car, you know, drive 90 miles an hour. She probably lived 10 minutes away, made it in five minutes. And I pull up in front of her house, and behind me, I can hear the sirens of the police and the ambulance on their way. And I run into the house. She had four little brothers. Uh, she was 18. The mom's screaming. The, the doors open where the incident happened. I'll explain that in a minute. And the smoke still in the, from the gun is still present. That's how quickly we were in the middle of it. And what had happened is... Um, there had been a financial loss in the family. 
And um, the, there was a conflict, of course, about that between husband and wife. The dad had gone in. He had just kind of lost it. And he went into the bedroom, locked the door, took a shotgun, put it under his chin, pulled the trigger. It had blown off half his face. I don't mean to be gruesome, but it's important you know the details. So this, this thing, and, and it ricochets, and he's actually still breathing. So now it's life or death. I've got four screaming boys from 10 years old to teenagers, uh, girlfriend uh, who's hysterical, mom. So it's a chaos, right? And so I'm just trying to say, what do I do? What can I do? And we get uh, the the dad, uh, Norm is the dame, get him on the stretcher. Mom jumps in the ambulance. So they're now on their way. Police are doing their investigative stuff around the house. I'm trying to stabilize uh, Christina and the kids. And then family friends start showing up as well. So um, so once we kind of kind of get everything, you know, in its proper place, if you will, all the systems are rolling here, I go over to the police and I ask them, because um, I looked in the room and you could see blood and skin and just all the grotesque stuff all throughout their bedroom. And um, and I'm like, uh, hey, guys, what, what do we do from here? What would you recommend for us to do? And he said, well, our investigations were, we're going to wrap up here. But he said, that room's a mess and, and you need to clean that up. And I said, you mean you guys don't clean that up? I mean, you leave the scene like this? They said, once we've done all our investigative work, taking our pictures, that's the job of someone. And, and he said, by the looks of the needs of this family, young man, looks like it's going to be you. And I said, I've never done this. I don't know what to do. I kind of start into that. And he said, hey, son, it's time to be a man. It's mm-hmm. time to grow up. So I realized, okay, this is my job. So I, I, my new faith was, I wasn't discipled. I didn't know how to walk with God, but I said, God, you have to help me. And I really just, it's instinctively, it was like the Holy Spirit, I can retrospect. I knew what to do, made sure that my girlfriend was taken care of with a friend and the family, the boys were settled. And I got the boys, literally asked the other family, please take the boys there. Christina, why don't you stay here with the two friends? I'm going to go in there and clean everything up. And then when I come out, we'll, we'll go to the hospital. So I go in the room, I lock the door, and I said, God, help me. What do I do? And, and I heard the voice of God. It's just, I, I heard the voice of God. And he said, I'm with you. I'm going to do this with you. We're going to do this together. And an incredible piece, you know, 18-year-old kid, I have no idea what to do. And I got a bucket and water and soap and scrub brushes and just went throughout the every detail that of that room, cleaned everything up, took about three and a half hours. Got a little exacto knife, cut out the carpet where the his he had landed and blood is spilled, and kind of put, get everything out into the dumpster, uh, and then we go to the hospital. And then that begins a process of, um, of a couple of things. Number one is I'd grown up all my life in the city, basically, with a group of friends, and, um, but I couldn't tell them what happened because they were trying to say it was an accident, mm-hmm. and they wanted to cover the family so that finances would be paid for, things would be paid for. And, you know, right around that, you know, I'm an 18-year-old kid, so sure. let's not go down that train other than 
to honor the family, I couldn't tell anyone what really happened. Yeah. But they needed so much help. And I kind of stepped in as a surrogate dad. Uh, I'd meet with the boy. I'd pick the boys up from school. I'd be there late in the evenings. Um, would go visit the hospital because actually the dad survived and began the process of stabilizing, then skin grafts, and then, okay, now are they gonna, is this marriage going to make it? And I would talk to the mom, talk to the dad. So it was just months of literally stepping into the role of being a surrogate dad, counselor, and without the ability to tell anyone. So it was a very unique space where God was my only resource. I didn't know that many Christians, so I didn't know who to even confidentially ask. Uh, but God was faithful. And um, and so, um, you know, so many lessons we could talk about that. But remember, you're still in a very broken family, very broken situation. So um, anyway, in their trauma and everything, they weren't able to really show gratitude. They were just trying to survive, and I was there to help. And uh, it wasn't, and it wasn't a bitter thing for me. I was really fairly unaware. I was just trying to take care of everything that needed to be taken care of. I was also preparing to go to Baylor our freshman year, and Christine and I, the we we realized, hey, we're not long haul for each other. This is this probably isn't the best, um, but of course there was a role for me to play in this situation. So we basically break up before I leave for Baylor, and and we've got the family stabilized. Norm moves to Austin, the dad, and he's now starting a new life. And uh, the family's trying to start theirs and regroup. So, um, you know, so in one way, I'm just trying to put the past behind me, start school. Everything's new. And, and my, my walk with God's new. So I've had this very intimate thing with God that has been a bit isolated. And now I have this new, fresh start at life. And as I often say, I... I, for the first time, went to Bible studies, went to church. and But there was always this thing about there has to be more than I'm seeing. It's like everybody's walking around doing the thing. Uh, not everybody. Many people are doing the church thing and doing the God thing. But I don't, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel God like yeah. in all these situations. Or I don't sense that there's an intimacy here. And um, and a, and a part of my own journey was uh, later that fall, um, I get a letter from the dad, and um, we had talked about the Lord, and I had prayed for him, and and uh, and again he had prayed prayers with me. Only God knows like mm-hmm. when that moment of salvation was, but he had come to the Lord, and I get this ten-page letter. Those were the days there were letters. A ten-page letter from him. He talks about new start his his newfound faith and where he's, where he's going to church, trying to get help to grow, kind of the state of their divorce and the challenges with that. And then he goes pages on gratitude for everything I'd done. And I wept. I mean, I just wept and wept and wept and didn't realize what I needed, right? It, and uh, because, you know, it was just, this is what you do. God's with me. They need help. And, uh, uh, hey, you know, that, that was my response, but the gratitude for, uh, kind of the sacrifice and he understood and all that, I just wept and wept and wept. And I, and I realized while I was reading that letter again, it was like that nearness of God 
um, where he said, I told you we would do this together. And, and, and I'm, I, in one way, it seemed to me, God was saying, and I like, and I like doing this with you, you know, that I'm thankful. Yeah. Not just the person's thankful. So how old are you at this point? 18. 18. Yeah. So your family of origin and upbringing, there was a lot of strife, chaos, and not a sense of healthy attachment. You come to the Lord when you're 17, you have this very chaotic experience, but in the midst of it, you you personally, by revelation, experience God is with you and enjoys you and is going to help you in the midst of the chaos. Right. And then you see fruit that comes out of that in ways that you couldn't yeah. have predicted at all. Sure. That it becomes a redemptive yeah. story. Right. Fast forward 40 years, 30, 30 years or so. Yeah. So you're 30? No, 40, 40 years. Yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Significant biblical number. Yeah. 40 years. And you are praying with some brothers. You're yeah. praying with uh, Michael Sullivan for the show, Jamie Miller for the show, Clarence Hill for the show. Yeah. You're praying with them. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit does something again unique. Yeah. What, share with everybody what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the years. Later. So back to the whole attachment stuff. You know, my friend Michael Sullivan, who we will have on a podcast. Uh, um, God's just doing a fresh work in and through him teaching on this and just the biblical uh, construct of God's uh, choosing us, pursuing us, His love for us. So many beautiful things around that. But um, we, we do this exercise, or once in a while we said, uh, let's just wait on God and see what memories he brings up. Many times they're beautiful things. I remember, uh, you know, this relationship, something good that happened, or God doing something. And then sometimes old traumas come up, and we just revisit those and say, all right, has God done all the work that he wants to do? So I was with those guys you mentioned, and Sean Richmond exactly was with us as well. We just wait on God. And I'm reminded of this deal that happened at 18. And so I just bring it up to the guys. I said, I don't know what God wants to do. It's actually a redemptive moment. I don't feel a lot of pain related to it because I've, I'd seen the grace of God through it. And, um, and he says, let's just visit that again and ask the Lord about it. And as we do, we just walk through it again. We pray, you know, okay, God was here. God was there. Talked about that whole deal of, of cleaning up the room. And then he, then he gets back to, and I said, I remembered, I said, oh yeah, this is a very interesting thing, you guys, that that house that they lived in was the original house that we had lived in when we came to Beaumont when I was two years old, actually. So I had come as a two-year-old. We had lived in the exact same house that the family of the, the girl that I dated lived in, mm-hmm. and that bedroom where he tried to take his life was where my parents' bedroom was. And my whole upbringing is just fighting that they're fighting their strife, their tension. And So so slow down for just a second. So Seibert's moved to Beaumont. You're two. The house y'all move into. It was just a rental. It was a rental. Yeah. And in your memories, that was such a place of strife between your parents. Yeah. You move out. Right. After several years, other side of town. Fast forward, the girl that you're dating is a 16 years later. Yeah. Happens to live in that same exactly. house that you lived in two years. Exactly. So now, now you're 58, you're 40 years later. Right. 
you're praying and, you and practice and kind of those connect the dots. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So now take us into what happens next. Yeah. So we 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 said they, that of course these guys are all kind of prophetic leaning guys yes. and they're like man that's the let's let's see what God's saying about that and Clarence uh, gets he said God's speaking to me so clearly is that the trauma of your childhood God brought you back to that exact bedroom where the strife and trauma that would shape would affect your life so many ways to redeem to redeem and to rescue a family. But today he's bringing you back to that bedroom to let you know that he's not only the God that sees and God that knows, but he has made you a redeemer of family. Wow. That your whole call, your whole life is to take the pain of your upbringing and turn it into the redemption of family and for others to be healed. That's a very, very profound, uh, experience yeah and story and that's a major place for you of experiencing god's attachment in a place yeah. that was marked by detachment and and even as we're talking about this that's a part of laura's and i whole life and ministry we got married and we said hey you know um there's a lot of great things about our parents a lot of challenges but we just said lord what do you have for us as a family and god spoke so clearly specifically to laura that if you will disciple your kids um, you'll end up changing the world through family and generations and uh, redeem everything that, you know, just just use this marriage and, and our parenting as a place of redemption, not just for ourselves, but for families around the world yeah. and create a church family yeah. and make family central. And even as I'm thinking that, that is what uh, God is calling us to as a movement. I mean, yeah. We are a family of churches. We're yes. not just widgets in a machine to get outcomes. We're a people, the people yeah. of God. And Malachi says that that God is going to send a spirit of repentance in the land to return the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers so that the land would not be cursed anymore, that the curse would be broken through the returning to God in his ways, and he would bless a city and nation through family being restored. Yeah. And... um. And so even the most painful things in our family life, kind of my own struggles of needing to forgive and and heal from detachment issues because of family brokenness and uh, uh, through the grace of God, through Jesus, God then immediately began to use me as a born-again believer, me not even knowing that, to redeem family. And then we fast forward, our whole life story has been, hey, how do we do family in such a way that we can heal family, but also then launch family to um, rescue men and women and create family for the glory of God. Amen. So you're sharing this today. God put this on your heart. So if I'm listening to this on my run, right. picking kids up from the carpool or I'm on the way into work or whatever, what, what are some thoughts, some takeaways that you would want me to be thinking about yeah. from this story? What do you think God might want to do in people? Yeah, so, so many things, and, and I believe the Holy Spirit speaks in multiple ways, but let me just say, number one, is that God is on a rescue mission to rescue you. Mm-hmm. He is, from the time you were created in your mother's womb, he is committed to loving you, rescuing you, and redeeming you. Mm-hmm. No matter how terrible your family was or how wonderful they were, God has you in his sights. Yeah. 
uh, literally, he's yeah. written you out of the palm of his hands. He's pursuing you. So know that you're being loved yeah. and pursued, even not knowing it. Uh, number two, that God takes the greatest pain of our life, and that becomes our greatest authority to help and deliver others. Mm. So wherever you have been delivered, that's why God is using you to deliver. Yeah. That's why it's so important that we don't get stuck in bitterness in the midst of our trials and relational pain. We need to work it through, find the grace of God, find the love of God, forgive, bless, and honor, because that then becomes the catalyst for transformation. And maybe number three, on a much bigger stroke, I see the Spirit of God moving throughout our land and throughout the world uh, to truly enact Malachi 4 right now. He's sending a spirit of repentance not to get us and catch us in our sin, but so that we might literally turn to him and find him as the father we belonged for, and then out of that begin to restore other people through the church, through the gospel, so that once again the there's hope for the world because the curse has been once again uh, broken through love mm. and sacrifice and honor of Jesus, his people, and our families uh, that uh, flow out of that. So powerful. Yeah. So as we as we close for a day, as we leave our community with some of these thoughts, mm. I'd love for you just to pray those things over us as we wrap up today. Yeah, amen. Lord, thank you. I'm just filled with gratitude as I tell the story of the the width and the length and the height and the depth of your love that's being poured out over our hearts. Even today, Lord, I pray for the intimacy of your nearness. And Lord, thank you that you've always loved us. You've you literally pursued us. I pray, Jeremiah 31, 3 and 4, over everyone listening today, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with cords of kindness. You shall be built and rebuilt, says the Lord. Lord, I pray that over all my friends, let the holy net of love go out, pull people into your heart, restore and redeem them so that they in turn may restore and redeem others and your beautiful family of redemption might be made manifest on the earth again with such power and such grace that people know that you are near. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.